My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm 44 years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name is Shannon. I'm 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name is Karen. I am 50 years old. My name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. I am an adult Irish dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark and the countdown to nationals is on. I myself am not going to nationals, but I know a lot of people who are, including people from my new Irish dance class. Yes, I finally bucked up and went to an Irish dance class here at uh, my new city home, my new adopted home here in Tucson, Arizona. I went to the adult Adult class on Tuesday night at McGuire, which has come very highly recommended from so many different people. In fact, the owner of the school, follow me on this, <laughs> the owner of the school that took over my dance classes back in Michigan used to dance for McGuire and lived here in Arizona and then moved to Michigan with her husband and her family. Um, but when I told her I was moving here, she said, you have to dance for McGuire. They're a great school. So really excited that I've been able to join their classes. Everybody is so nice. I feel like I've made friends already, which is really, really cool and very exciting because every time I've moved somewhere, it's been for a radio job. And what happens is, is you end up working this new radio job in in a new city and a new state, and you kind of have to pick up your family and move usually pretty quickly. But this time, you know, we moved here just to kind of start new careers and start new lives. And we haven't immersed ourselves in the community like we would have with a radio job. You know, they want you to get out, shake hands, meet everybody, learn the area. And we haven't done that here in Tucson. So it's been a little strange. I haven't acclimated quite as fast as I have in, in past places I've lived. But I do feel like my dance friends are... Uh, going to be a big part of my life here in Tucson. So love the McGuire Academy. Very excited to dance with them. I was actually invited to their champ class tonight, which I'm super excited about. I totally walked into class thinking that it was going to be a hot mess and I'd drive home crying and you know, we're all our own worst enemy. I, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges for being a dancer and an adult dancer. I mean, really with anything in your life, you're probably your own worst enemy. And I knew that. So all the adults are super nice. And I'm excited to check out the champ class tonight, which is actually where I'll be when this episode, episode 12 of the Adult Irish Dancers podcast drops. So um, anyways, let's talk nationals in Phoenix. Uh, less than two weeks away, I know people are absolutely starting to freak out and get nervous, and I totally understand. Uh, I've never been to nationals myself. Um, I danced for a WIDA school before this. And when I was in my 20s, I danced for a CLRG school, but I ended up uh, having my son and graduating college kind of all in the same time frame. And that's when I, I stopped dancing for a CLRG school. So I am going to be heading up to Phoenix to nationals, hopefully to meet everybody. Uh, I'll be there on Tuesday, July 6th. And I will be there with swag from the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. I'm going to have a t-shirt on. You won't be able to miss me. I'd love to take pictures with adult dancers. And uh, I just ordered some little lip balms and pins for your dance bags. And I'd love to give them to you. So if you see me in Phoenix at Nationals, say hi, get some swag, 
take a picture. I haven't decided if I'm going to do a video or if I'm just going to record sound bites for the podcast. Maybe I'll do a little bit of both. Editing video and creating video is something that I really enjoy doing. When I was a kid, I used to hook up like two VCRs and try to edit my own video um, the hard way, obviously. But now, you know, I've been editing video now for, gosh, like more than 10 years. And it's just, I I love telling stories through video. I think it's great. I love how movies and and shows and stuff make me feel. And I like to make other people feel that way too. So I'm definitely going to try to make a video at nationals that will go up at adultirishdancepodcast.com. I'll get some sound bites from everybody. And I'm really excited. I'm excited to meet people. Um, There are people I've interviewed on the podcast here that are going to be at nationals that I'm going to get to meet. So that's really cool because I've, I've only ever talked to everybody here here, you know, over the phone or over Zoom. And uh, I'm stoked to meet everybody and see you, Dan. So yeah, I'll be there on Tuesday, July 6th at uh, the Nationals in Phoenix. So, you know, search me out. I've got swag. I just I just ordered a bunch of stuff last night. I'm excited to give it out and uh, and to meet all the adult Irish dancers and see dancers from my school from McGuire compete. And I have also got friends coming down from Michigan and Milwaukee. So I, I just can't wait to see everybody. It's going to be like a big dance reunion. I've got teachers that I had 20 years ago that are going to be there. So that's going to be super exciting. Again, Nationals Tuesday, July 6th seems to be the biggest adult day. So that's the day I will be there. And I'm excited to meet all of you and and give you some adult Irish dancers podcast swag. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And today on the podcast, we are talking to Julia Topper. Julia is, and I, I almost feel bad saying this, I found her on Instagram through the tag adult Irish dancer. And she's pregnant and she's still dancing while she's pregnant. And I thought that was so cool and such a great thing to talk about that I invited her to be on the podcast. And then only afterwards did I find out what a history she has with Irish dance. She did her dissertation on Irish music and Irish dance. She's an ethnomusicologist. She's a freelance writer for the Fesh app. I mean, it's it's fabulous. She's she's written for Irish Dance Magazine in the past. So I'm really excited to kind of pick her brain on the podcast today. Something I wanted to talk about, though, because it, it came up at my first Irish dance class the other night. My uh, friend, I, I love saying that now, I have friends here in Tucson, my friend Karen, she is the other prelim dancer in the adult class. So she taught me the prelim steps on Tuesday night. And Karen is a new mom, recently had a baby. And she was, you know, kind of talking about the challenges of being a mom and being an adult Irish dancer. I know she's going to a fashion Utah this weekend. And she said it's the first time she'll be away from her baby. And of course, you know, I've got like an almost 15 year old. So I felt like the old mom and I'm like, hey, make sure you enjoy yourself. I know you're going to feel guilty about it, but, but take that time to yourself. Enjoy yourself this weekend. But it got me to thinking about the struggles we have as adult Irish dancers Aside from the dance part of it, because kids don't know how easy they have it because all they have to do is focus on school and whatever their extracurriculars are. Um, so, you know, of course, it's going to be easier for a 12-year-old to go to the worlds than it is for an adult Irish dancer who not only has to dance as an adult, we, we have our own physical limitations, but um, to have an adult Irish dancer who also has a family and, and a job and finances and, and all that stuff... We're asking about something that, as an adult Irish dancer, you wish you could manage better 
along with Irish dancing, whether it be parenting or finances or just changes in our body. And I, I said for myself, I'm 38, I'll be 39 in September. And I'm very lucky that I can still do a lot of the dance moves in Irish dance that I could do in my 20s and in my teens. I was talking to another adult dancer at McGuire the other night about this, how she started in her 60s. And she's like, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. It is what it is. But she's like, I feel like if I started younger, I would be able to do a lot more. And I said, that's one of the only things I have going for me in Irish dance is that I did start when I was younger. So a lot of the things I learned back then I can still do in my late 30s. Um, But for me personally, the finances have always been a stick in the mud for me. And I think it's because growing up, I had to quit Irish dance because my parents couldn't afford it. So that's always kind of been in the back of my mind. And I I hate seeing, you know, families who can't afford it, but the kids want to do it because I feel like it should be accessible to everybody. But on a personal level, like I feel guilty spending money on Irish dance as an adult because I, you know, I know we need to do things for ourselves, but you know, as there's tons of guilt associated with being with a mom uh, aside from being an Irish dancer and a mom, but you know, that mom guilt kind of, you know, washes over me and I'm like, should I really be doing this? Should I really be spending money on Irish dance classes and spending time away from my kid? And that that kind of stuff kind of really resonates with me. The financial issue of it is something I wish I could manage better along with being an adult Irish dancer. Melissa says, joint protection. I'm 39. Unlike the kids, I need to stretch after practice or I cramp and hurt. I need to strengthen outside of dance class to make sure it stays safe and cross-train. I need to make sure my footwear is appropriate and the stage has enough give for my knees. I don't do all that really well. I want to still dance like a kid. Don't we all, Melissa? Holy cow, that is so relatable. Uh, Another Melissa says, motivation to practice more outside of class. I come home from work and I'm too tired to do anything. That's a big struggle is finding that time and just the energy to do it. You You may have the time. You probably don't have the energy. Jessica says, I'm so grateful that my instructor scheduled my and my daughter's class at the same time so we only have to drive to the studio once. It's the little things that make a huge difference. Laura says, injury prevention. I feel like I'm always hurting something and PT is too costly for me to do regularly. I feel like after each injury, I do everything right to recover and rehab, but within months, I'm injured again. Laura, I went through that a couple of years ago uh, at a fesh in northern Michigan. I got on stage to do my reel and within... I mean, I, I never even finished the first step on the right foot. Um, and I pulled a muscle in my calf and it was so painful. And after that I had, and, and same thing, I had to pay to go to physical therapy out of pocket because of course it wasn't covered by my insurance because, you know, American healthcare, don't get me started on that. Um, but yeah, I had to budget for it. I mean, it was like $300 a week to go to physical therapy and stretch out this knot in my calf and learn how not to injure myself. But yeah, it was expensive. I mean, I, I literally had to budget for it and it was tough and I'm glad I did it. But I totally understand what you mean by that. In fact, we are going to have a doctor on the podcast who is also an adult Irish dancer next week to kind of talk about um, prevention for injuries because we we all know this. You know, you want to prevent the injuries. You don't want them to actually happen and then have to recover from it. So I think that's going to be a great interview and we'll do that next week on the podcast. Kate says body issues, specifically the arthritis at the base of my big toe that keeps me from being able to do to dance in hard shoes for any length of time. Also, thighs. It's hard to get my legs close enough to pull off clicks. Practice time and place. I, our house is over 100 years old and not flat. Rooms are small. Things bounce on shelves when I try to practice. 
Genevieve says, injuries and practice time. I always feel that I don't practice enough, but I just don't know how to find the time. Darla says, stamina, so easy to lose, so hard to get back. Marla says, lots of mom guilt. As a 51-year-old dancer who just started dancing two years ago, I feel like I focus more time on learning and practicing my own steps rather than helping my daughter who also dances. Elizabeth says, definitely practice time. I struggle as a mom because I'm willing to sit for hours while my kid dances. How come I can't find 30 minutes to work out myself? It's easy to sacrifice my time to wait for my child, but I don't want to give up our time for me. Cassidy and Sarah both say injury prevention, which is why I'm so glad we're going to have the doctor on the podcast next week, who's also an adult Irish dancer. Leslie says parenting, scheduling, practice time. Jennifer, interesting, says, wish I had known about mindset and how to really practice. Learned a lot in my later years about both of these things. Erica says, I wish practicing in the kitchen at night didn't wake up my kids. Cecile says, I wish I could manage my motivation better, at least for at-home training. I always find a thousand things to do instead of working on cross-training or flexibility. Thank you all for these great responses. I'm going to put these up at adultirishdancepodcast.com because I think it's good to read about other people's struggles with it. And, you know, it's just a sense of community. And it makes you feel better when you realize other people struggle with the same things, being an adult Irish dancer and being an adult with a job and kids and, and money issues. And so uh, thank you to everybody who chimed in on that. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to Julia Topper, who is an ethnomusicologist. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> She's also an adult Irish dancer who is dancing while pregnant right now and a freelance writer who has written for quite a few Irish dance rags. So we're going to talk to Julia coming up next on the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark, and I'm super excited to have Julia Topper on the phone this week. How are you, Julia? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm good. Julia, um, I I almost feel bad because the reason, the, the first reason I wanted to talk to you on the podcast is because you popped up in my Instagram feed um, <laughs> with, a, with a picture of you um, at a fesh and you're pregnant. You were talking about getting through two and a half hornpipe steps, which is, that's hard when you're not yeah. pregnant. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, you know, it's just not, it, it's not something you see very often, um, our pregnant adult Irish dancers. But then I thought back to when I was pregnant with my son in 2006, and I taught dance until I think my third trimester. So I guess it's, oh, wow. it's really not that weird. But then I started looking into you more and you are so diverse and I'm so excited to pick your brain. So um, I'm going to try to give you an introduction here, but then I want you to tell us all about yourself. Not only are you um, an adult Irish dancer, you are also a professor of ethnomusicology at American University, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And you are a freelance writer for some Irish dance publications, correct? Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've I've had I've had a, a really uh, great uh, kind of start to my career after finishing my PhD at University of Maryland in ethno uh, musicology, and uh, yeah, I've had the opportunity. I did some writing for the Irish Dance Magazine, and uh, currently I'm a writer for the Fash App. And um, yeah, and thank you just so much for having me on. This is so great to get the chance to talk with you. There's I just I feel bad because now I have like ten more things I want to talk to you about, <laughs> so I won't I won't keep you all day. I promise. Um, but yeah, tell tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started in Irish dance and how you got to where you are today. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started Irish dancing um, just a little bit when I was a kid. I actually danced with the Woodgate School of Irish Dancing um, up in Buffalo, New York. Um, and I only did it for about a year. I think I was about 10 years old. Um, I actually had some pretty bad asthma when I was a kid. So I ended up not being really able to attend class very regularly and you know got kind of frustrated and dropped out uh, fairly quickly. But um, when I was starting my dissertation at University of Maryland, I uh, had a class with um, Kate Spanos, who is a um, PhD um, in uh, ethnochoreology, and she was talking about her Irish dance experiences, and it just resonated so much. I was like, oh, I really, I really want to go back to doing that. So I was able to find classes at the Culkin School in Maryland and started up and just absolutely fell in love with it again. My poor dissertation advisor, I was supposed to do a dissertation on traditional Japanese music. And I came to him and I said, I'm going to do, you know, Irish dancing in Japan. And he went, what? <laughs> no, I promise but, you know, he... it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit of convincing, but, you know, I, I got my committee on board and they were really enthusiastic and really supportive. And so, you know, I finished my coursework, um, did my kind of preliminary research and then uh, went to Tokyo. And um, I studied there for six months with a, a number of different schools that are in the area. Um, came back here um, and anyway, I was continuing to do uh, dancing and learning how to dance and, you know, kind of started doing some uh, assistant teaching in the classes and was able to then, uh, I completed my dissertation and graduated in 2018. Um, and now I'm working on, very slowly, I'm working on a book um, that's based on my dissertation and I'm continuing to do my research as well. Oh, that's so cool. As a, as a fellow freelance writer, just the fact that you have even <laughs> considered a book and not only that, but started it, like you're my hero, Julia. That's, that's incredible. What, what did you Thank find you. when you were, um, what was it like when you were in Japan? Um, studying for your dissertation. What kind of experiences did you have there with Irish dance? It was it was an amazing experience. Um, the community there is so welcoming, and um, you know, so I um, I studied with um, a couple of different teachers. Um, Takahayashi um, has an academy there, um, and he's independent of any organization. Um, he does a lot of kind of more performance style based dancing, um, and I got to meet all of his students. Um, I studied with the R Dog School, um, that is a CLRG based school um, in Tokyo. Um, they were absolutely fabulous, you know, and let me come to classes and. Um, do interviews with all of them. Um, CCE has a branch in Tokyo as well. So I got to meet tons of trad musicians and Sean Nose dancers and Kaylee dancers. And, you know, just there's there's such a huge variety of um, Irish dance styles and music and, and talent in Tokyo. And um, like I said, the community was just wonderful and, and so accepting. So I, I got to stay there for about six months. Um, and it was it was just an awesome experience. I, I was actually going to go back uh, last summer, but obviously... COVID made that a little bit difficult, but I am am hoping to go back at some point in the near future. That's awesome. And I I love talking to people that have gone beyond just the dance portion portion of Irish dance. And like you have gone into the music and the traditions of, of it all over the country. And, you know, that's something I, I, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have done before I became a mom, which you mm-hmm. did, and you are now <laughs> becoming a mom. So tell us a little bit about I that. Oh, it's been, it's just crazy. I still, you know, I'm 30 weeks pregnant this week, and sometimes I still don't really 
believe it. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, because um, my husband and I have always wanted kids. We've been married for 10 years. Um, and you know, it was important to me, though, I really wanted to finish my PhD before we started on that particular adventure. Um, and I needed a little bit of time, you know, after finishing and, sure. you know, just to kind of, you know, figure my life out a little yep. bit. Um, but, um, you know, we were just we're so excited. We're, we're welcoming a daughter um, at the end of August. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, you know, kind of stressed myself out over that I really shouldn't have in, you know, in retrospect, but I, I kept worrying while we were trying to get pregnant, like, what am I going to do with dancing when I actually am pregnant? Yeah. And so I kind of just, you know, being a researcher, I just dived headfirst into every book, every blog, every, you know, Instagram, you know, influencer that has to, you know, has anything to do with pregnancy and training and really started to try to uh, educate myself on, you know, what physical requirements are there, you know, during pregnancy, like how to keep my body safe, how to keep the baby safe. And I was really pleased to find there are many more sources out there for pregnant athletes than I expected. Um, there's one book called Roar by um, an author named Stacey Sims, which is actually an awesome book, no matter what stage of life you're in as a female athlete. But, you know, she has a lot of things in there about all the benefits of exercise and pregnancy and, you know, ways to keep your pelvic floor safe and, you know, how to work on your trans abdominal ab muscles uh, and breathing in order to keep your pelvic floor safe. And so, you know, I just, I tried to do a lot of research and was able to reassure myself that way. Um, my OB gave me full clearance. I actually, my OB is an Irish dancer. Oh so that worked gosh. out really well. <laughs> did, did you know that? Yeah. Did you know that beforehand or did you find I, out later? I didn't. I didn't. I was talking to a um, one of the nurse midwives at my practice and I was like, oh, you know, I, I do this Irish dancing thing. I have some competitions. You know, is it safe for me to do this? And I explained to her, she's like, oh, I know exactly what that is. You know, uh, Dr. Graham is, you know, an Irish dancer. Oh you know, gosh. you should see her next time you come in. So I, I saw her and she was just, she's so supportive. And, you know, um, and it was, it was funny too, because some of the other nurses at the practice were also saying, you know, they did rock climbing all throughout their pregnancy. Yeah. They did ice skating all throughout <laughs> their pregnancy. And, you know, I think it's such a, it's so much more common than we realize it is because, yeah. you know, there's, there's so much fear and anxiety which is, you know, I think in, in some cases warranted because obviously once you get pregnant, all your focus and energy is on trying to, you know, keep this little human safe yep. and try to get through these 40 weeks. Um, but our bodies, you know, while we have to be careful and there are a lot of conditions to watch out for, um, we're really quite capable of doing quite a lot during our pregnancies. Um, so it's it's been a cool journey to try to figure out, you know, what am I capable of? you know, listening to my body um, and, you know, doing everything I can to also keep my body safe so that I can return to dancing postpartum as quickly as possible. Well, and you have so many resources now that, you know, I think back to 2006 and I mean, oh my gosh, like my resource was going to my doctor and saying, hey, can I still teach Irish dance? That was, that was it. And it, it wasn't even like a fitness thought for me. It was just, well, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm about to have a kid. I need the money. Can I keep teaching? And, it, right. you know, and as I was teaching, you know, I'm like, well, this, you know, you, you think of pregnancy as such a delicate, delicate condition and it is, but right. the exercise and fitness is so incredibly important when you're pregnant and you're just, you know, wa living, walking proof that you can Irish <laughs> dance when you're pregnant. So are you still dancing? Are you, are you taking a break now until the baby's born? How's that going? So I actually just did a fest two days ago. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and to be fair, I, um, <laughs> I, you know, cause you have to sign up so far in advance for these things. And I, I think part of it is coming out of COVID and seeing all the feshes are back up. And I was really overly enthusiastic. I was like, I'll sign up for all of these. Yes. <laughs> um, and, 
we we got back. We did a, a baby moon in Hawaii um, for two weeks, which was phenomenal. Um, but we came back, and I was like, well, maybe lying by the pool for two weeks wasn't super conducive to being ready for an Irish dance competition. Um, so you know, I I decided that I was just going to back off, and I just did beginner steps. I actually did a, I did a combination of champ and beginner steps. I oh, did like great. you know my champ lead around, and I did two beginner you know you know hornpipe steps to follow that up with, and then I did beginner slip jig steps. And I actually ended up winning, oh which I did not expect. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Which was very cool. Yeah, it was a very nice um, boost to my ego, I have to say. Um, oh yeah, but for sure. Yeah, it was it was great. Um, it was so much fun too because you know I was I was there with friends from my school and you know I saw some of my other fresh friends that were doing competitions as well and um, so it was a really cool experience. And um, if everything stays like it is right now, and I you know I recognize a lot changed in a couple of weeks, but I'm, I am hoping to compete at the U.S. Nationals. I'm going to do trad set. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I will get to meet so we'll you in see. person because <laughs> I, I, be awesome. I am 90 minutes south of Phoenix, and I I didn't, I'm, I haven't been CLRG for, oh, my gosh. My first school was CLRG, but I just okay. just came from a WIDA school. And so, I I mean, I pay attention to, like, you know, Nationals and Oireachtas, but I, I never really focused on it. And then somebody said, yeah, it's in Phoenix this year. I said, holy hell, that is not. 90 minutes north. Like, I'm already like, okay, I got to bring, nice. po- I'm going to bring podcast swag and I'm going to do interviews <laughs> with dancers. Like, I'm so excited to meet awesome. everybody. And that is so cool that, that you are competing and continuing to compete. What have you found is the best thing about competing while pregnant and the most challenging part of it? Not even just competing, but dancing while pregnant. Um, well, the best thing is, I mean, it's, actually relieved so many of my pregnancy symptoms, um, which has just been awesome. Like I, you know, I definitely had a very easy pregnancy, which is definitely, you know, a lot of why I'm still able to dance yeah. at 30 weeks. Um, but, you know, I've had, you know, pretty decent morning sickness. I've had heartburn. I've had, you know, Ugh. some aches and pains and things like that. And um, especially in the early days, which it was actually pretty funny, like when um, between like six and 12 weeks, I, um, my, let me start over again. My um, one of my very close friends, um, you know, is the wife of my TC. So they knew I was pregnant very early on, and my TC was really the only one that knew while I was helping him teach while we were at classes. And I was so sick, and I, but I was forcing myself to come in because I didn't. I was like, well, I could be nauseous at home, or I can be nauseous at yeah. class. I guess I'll be nauseous at class. But <laughs> I would you go, and you know, I could see him kind of keeping an eye on me. But you know, once I actually started moving a little bit, every single class I would find that within about 10 minutes, my nausea was completely gone. Um, I'd be fine for the three hours while teaching. And then, you know, about 10 minutes after I stopped moving, I would get nauseous again. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, It it helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's, it's really helped a lot. And, um, one of the nice things too is that I've been working with trainer um, Angela Moen um, up in Philly, and I've been working with her for a couple of years now because I, I broke my ankle at a fesh uh, a few years ago. Um, and so, you know, I started work- working with her then, and um, she knew when we were trying to conceive, and once I got pregnant, and she was, she's been awesome about, you know, tailoring exercises for me, um, you know, both for the pregnancy and for the dancing to really just keep me healthy and keep me going, which has been wonderful. So it's been a cool experience also working with her and, you know, um, getting all that positive feedback from her and just feeling like I'm actually getting stronger throughout my pregnancy yes. instead of kind of getting weaker, yes. uh, which is really cool. I, I, I realized another thing that I did um, when I was 18 weeks, I actually finished my grade 12 exam for CLRG. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry so- about that too. <laughs> Oh, no, that's amazing. So it's so funny that you say that because um, not only did I teach Irish dance when I was pregnant as well, but I worked at a zoo and I walked 
around all day. And I noticed the same thing that while I was up and moving, um, I didn't feel sick. I didn't feel, you know, gross or anything like that. And then, but then at night I would lay down and not only would I immediately feel sick, but I knew that my son had been kind of sleeping all day while the doctor was like, oh yeah, you know, when you move, the baby goes to sleep and then you go to sleep and the baby's up. And I was, that was a struggle. I was like, maybe I shouldn't be teaching dance and walking all day, but no, you're right. And um, it's such a good thing to stay active during your pregnancy, even if it's just a little bit. But um, yeah. and see, this is, this comes down to um, the million things I want to pick your brain about because you mentioned your ankle injury. And I had seen you post on one of the adult Irish dancer <laughs> Facebook pages. You said, this is the year I'm going to conquer toe stands um, yeah. <laughs> after your injury. Um, were you able to do them before your injury or did it just happen? And now you're thinking, oh, my God, I'll never do it. Well, so I I had some chronic pain in that ankle for honestly about a year and a half before I actually broke it. And it was a lot of me, just me not listening to my body. Um, I had gone to, I think, five or six PTs. I had a doctor look at it. Um, I also had like a sciatica pain in my back um, and no one could give me a diagnosis. No one had any idea. They were like, well, there's nothing physically wrong that we can find. So I guess keep dancing. So I did keep dancing. So I, I, I could do toe stands on my right foot where I didn't have any pain, but my, my left foot felt very weak. Yeah. Um, and then I was at a fesh and I tried to do a birdie and a slip jig. And I think my body was just like, hey, you're done. We're done here. <laughs> and I, I snapped it and, and um, went out. And um, yeah, it was not a, an experience I recommend to anyone. Oh, my God. And wait, I was wait, enough wait of an second. idiot. So that's epic. You broke it competing at a yeah. fesh. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, and then I really, and no one should do this. And I, I really emphasize no one should do this. I had enough of an adrenaline rush going on that I don't think I realized how bad it was. Yeah. And I got up and I finished the competition. <laughs> Yeah, I got first in my trad set, so I felt like a badass because of that. But like, it really, really was not a good decision. My my husband, the only reason he didn't yell at me when I got home from the urgent care was because I was already beating myself up yep. so badly about it. Um, but it ended up being a blessing in disguise, honestly, because it forced me to slow down. I think I was only in a boot for about four weeks, but you know, it took maybe like eight weeks before I really started to get back. But you know, because of the injury, you know, I started working with Angela, and she started really teaching me about. Um, you know, how to move more functionally and how to actually treat my body well yes. as an adult Irish dancer. <laughs> um, and so I was able to get a lot stronger and I, I could do toe stands. Um, I did take them out. Um, I took those out. I took birdies out once I, I got pregnant just because I figured, you know, a little bit higher fall risk and it yes. wasn't really worth it. But yeah. um, I'm I'm excited for when I'm postpartum and can get back to toe stands because I feel very powerful doing toe stands. Oh, now. <laughs> yeah. And that's something we've talked about on past. Po- I think it was a few podcast episodes ago. It was what move can you just not do that you like dream about doing? And for me, it's toe stands. I dream that I can do toe stands, but I wasn't <laughs> able to do them when I was younger and I definitely can't do them now. And the reason your story popped out at me is because I also broke my ankle a couple of years ago, um, oh. ironically, in Hawaii. Um, so when you oh. said you were going to Hawaii, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we were on a whale watching boat and we hit oh, a huge no. wave and I went flying across the deck 
And oh. my, same thing. My husband was like, did you hit your head? Did you hit your head? I said, no. But then I looked down and my foot was like the size of a basketball. Oh. And my first thought was, well, I should probably message my Irish dance students because this is I not know, right? good. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was literally, I took a, a picture of my foot in the ER. I said, well, we can keep having class if you want. And they all said, yes. So I was teaching in a boot, which actually was not too bad because it was super protected. But um, yeah. I, so you, you give me hope that like someday I'll be able to do toe stands, even though I have broken my ankle. And, and that's, that's something I'm excited about. I'm actually going to my first Irish dance class here in um, Arizona tonight. And oh, I, wonderful. I'm excited to kind of see like where they think I'm at and how they can help. But you're so right. Like we, when we're kids, you know, you're just, you're going a million miles a minute and it's cause you can, yeah. you know, you just beat your body up and it's okay. But as adults, we have to slow down and listen to our bodies because something yeah. like that happens. And like you said, it's your body telling you, okay, you're doing too much. I can't handle it. And I think it go, it kind of circles back to what you said about your fesh over the weekend that you did um, a mix of beginner and champ steps and you won. And I think that's another wonderful indicator that, you know, it's not always about the hardest steps. You know, we are, exactly. we are not expected to do what a 15 year old can do and you don't have to to win. I mean, you are living proof of that. So that is really, really cool. Are you, um, are you going to continue? So you said you're going to continue dancing after you have the baby. Um, are you going to continue teaching? Are, are you still teaching? That's my hope. Yeah. I mean, I've been helping out with our adult classes and, um, you know, I'm going to try to keep dancing as long as it's comfortable um, up until I go into labor. Um, and, you know, it, I think I would love to be able to do, I'm in the Southern region. I would love to be able to do our Arrakis in December um, if my body is up for it. And it will totally depend on how delivery goes, how, you know, like my initial postpartum recovery goes. Um, but uh, I would love to do a little bit more competing. And then um, since I've done all the great exams and I've passed all those and I'm ready to go, I would love to take the TC Um hopefully within the next two or three years. Um, I think I would have been ready to take it earlier, but with, with COVID and you know, everything, I, I didn't get that, you know, last yeah. year of competing that I really wanted. So I would really like, you know, a full year of feeling kind of at my, at my best um, doing a little bit more competing and then I'll turn to do more just teaching. Yes. And that's what I've heard from so many dancers that teach. And I, I fully admit, I, I've never gone for my TC. I just never felt ready. I never felt like I had achieved my own personal goals. And, and like you said, you know, that's, that's important. You know, a lot of dancers say, I want to do this before I get my TC, because after that, you're just a teacher. That's, yeah. that's what you're relegated to. So I'm glad that you are, you know, taking the time to achieve your own dance goals because you don't want to have those regrets, you know, and it's exactly it's amazing to get your TC and that's a huge accomplishment. But if you have regrets about your own dance career, like it's not going to mean as much. So that's, that's great exactly. that, that you're going to continue doing that. Do you, um, do you have hopes that your daughter will be an Irish dancer someday? <laughs> um, if it ends up being something that she loves, then I will support her full, fully in doing it. Um, I would love just because, um, you know, my husband's uh, family is Irish. And so I think it would be a great piece of, you know, heritage to her, for her to have, you know, just being able to do, you know, if she can do her skip two threes and over two threes and can join in a Kaylee at a party, 
That would be wonderful. Yeah. If she wants to do more and she wants to compete, that's fabulous. Um, but, you know, I'm certainly, I think that's one of the kind of the fun things about becoming a parent is like wondering who this little person is going to become and yes. seeing what kind of interests she might have that are just totally opposite for me and my husband. Um, you know, he plays hockey. So of course he wants a hockey player. Course, yeah. um, but we've, <laughs> you know, we've both, we've both kind of agreed that we you know we'll, we'll introduce her to the things that we love. And if she ends up, you know, taking us up on them, then that's awesome. But, you know, kind of letting her, her do her own thing as well. Yes. And that's, that's so hard. And I, I totally understand yeah. because when my, my son was born, I'm like, Oh man, like, I'm not going to be one of those parents that forces him to do the things that I did. Um, because yeah. My parents were very much like that with me. You know, when I said I wanted to play in orchestra, they said, why don't you wait for band? We both played in band. And I ended up playing violin mm-hmm. for 12 years. And I'm like, okay, I want to make sure that I let him do what he's interested in. And there was, yeah. I think when he was, oh gosh, what was he, 10? He had seen the Irish dance. I mean, he had been at my Irish dance classes since he was little, you know, and when oh. I didn't have a sitter, he was just running around while you know, I was teaching, but yeah, he, he got interested and I found a a school for him in Michigan. And then, um, long story, I've talked about it in previous podcasts. Of course, the teacher pulled me in and said, we have an adult class and I got involved too. And we ended up competing at a fesh together, not against each other, but it was just incredible. And that was the only fesh he did. And he came in third place. He got a trophy, which he still has in his room. He's almost 15 now. But he, you know, after about a year, he's like, okay, I'm good. You know, I want to try something else. And I said, you know what, that's like, I didn't expect him to get get that far with it. So you're, you're absolutely right in your, your approach to that, that yeah, it's fine to introduce them to the things you're interested in, but you never want to force them because that's, then you force exactly. them in there and they really hate it. And then they get mad at you. And it's all this pain yeah. and resentment stuff. Well, <laughs> and I think it's hard to, I'm also a piano teacher. And so I know and I, it, it is really important. I'm really hoping our kids will play instruments. I think music is such an important, yes. you know, uh, part of the human experience. Um, but I think that is going to be one of those things like, you know, while she's practicing whatever instrument, she's on, I'm going to have to walk away and, you know, turn the teacher brain off for a little while. And that is going to be very challenging. Um, So it'll be, that'll be interesting to negotiate. (laughs) Yeah. If, you know, if there's one thing your kids, uh, I can definitely say kids hate when their parents also turn into the teachers. um, Oh yeah, I bet. They absolutely will listen to somebody else before they'll listen to you. Trust me. I've had, like, there were times we were practicing at home and he just looked at me like he wanted to light me on fire. I'm like, okay, I will stop. Telling you to turn out, and you know, so you got you have a great approach to this. So, when are you due? Um, August 28th. How exciting! Have you gotten any like of the cute little uh baby Irish dancer gifts yet? I remember getting a lot of those. <laughs> Oh, I haven't yet, but we actually have a baby shower this weekend, so I, I have a feeling that that yep. might might be this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, before I knew I was having a boy, um, one of my dancers crocheted little baby gillies and gave them to me. And oh. now, and I we had a boy, but I still I use them as an ornament on our Christmas tree, and those are just that's so sweet. And say we went to like Milwaukee Irish Fest and bought him like a little Irish outfit with like a little baby <laughs> kilt, and that stuff is just so fun. But I I think 
you're going to be a wonderful mom. And I'm so, thank you. I, I'm probably, if you don't mind, going to Instagram message you again, because I have more questions that I don't even think oh, we can sure. fit on this podcast. But <laughs> um, so hopefully I'll get to, get to meet you at nationals, but tell everybody where they can find you online um, right now. If they want to get in touch with you and ask about anything, your, your background in, in Irish dance, uh, your ethnomusicology, your dissertation, your, <laughs> any of that stuff, where can people find you? <laughs> Um, so I'm on Instagram. I have a ridiculously long handle, but it's pretty on brand. So I, it's, it's um, at um, Irish Dancing Ethnomusicologist. Um, and um, I'm on Facebook, so people can message me on there. Um, and I'm always happy to talk about anything related to Irish dance. Um, you know, I especially love getting in contact with dancers from all over the world. It's, you know, the foundation of the research that I'm doing. So, um, and yeah, anyone at Nationals, if you guys are in the trad side or in the adult comps, I would love to talk to you. So just look for the lady with the giant bump and you will find me. <laughs> <laughs> I will get all of your links up at adultirishdancepodcast.com so people can find you. And Julia, I'm so excited to meet you in a couple of weeks. And I'm just really excited that you were able to be on the podcast because I just think you are so fascinating and fun to talk to. And just oh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks for everything well, you do. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. I'm looking forward to meeting you too. All right. We'll talk to you later, Julia. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. We are back wrapping up the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast for this week. It is week 12 of the podcast. Big thanks to Julia for being on the podcast. I, I think we could have talked for hours. I feel that way about almost every single interview I've done that I'm like, we should just you know, like turn off the recording equipment and just keep talking. But Julia was great. And I'm so excited to meet her at Nationals too. Um, and I hope I can meet the rest of you again. I will be there Tuesday, July 6th in Phoenix. And I will have swag from the podcast. I would love to see you um, pick your brain a little bit. Just get, you know, a quick, quick video clip of you. And, you know, I'm sure everybody He's going to be incredibly nervous, but I'm just excited to see all the adult Irish dancers. It's going to be wonderful. So thank you to Julia, who I will get to meet at Nationals, and I hope I get to meet you too. And don't forget info about our guests, including how to get a hold of them if you have questions or you want to reach out. It's all up at adultirishdancepodcast.com. And of course, you can listen to us wherever you can find podcasts. Google Podcasts, Beat, the Fesh Music app. Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. So again, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next week here on the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Chris. I'm 45 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name's Patty. I'm 56 years old, and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am 47 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Grace. I'm 28 years old and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 38 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com.